Hello and welcome back to 52 and 52, a podcast where we watch at least one movie a week for every week in the year and do an episode about it. Uh, today's episode is about A Wrinkle in Time, the based on the book by Madeline, uh, Hannah, help me out. Lengel. Ma- Madeline Lengel. And as you can see, uh, we're, we're joined by Hannah, our friend Hannah. Uh, Anthony's sitting this one out, and he, he uh, took a, and Hannah decided to take a break from watching ER and Hulu to join us and talk That's about why this. I haven't really watched any movies this month. Yeah. I've been watching ER. Yeah. H- Hannah, Hannah got back to seeing the movies like the, like the rest of us, though. To, to be fair, like ER on Hulu might be a better alternative than what you have like in the, the, the wake of Oscars, generally. So mm-hmm. uh, we're here to talk about A Wrinkle in Time, which is like a... A big movie that I think is like a very interesting movie to talk about uh, because some people like Hannah have like a very uh, deep connection to the source material. It's a it was a it's a very big children's book that I guess was what published in like 1960 or something like that. Or, 62, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So it's been around for a long time, and I guess I, I think I saw it earlier when I was like looking on Wikipedia. There there'd been like a TV movie on it or something before, right? Yeah, it's terrible. Okay, I I, I assume so because like why <laughs> else yeah. would, why else would they feel the need to like make a big investment in this if someone had actually uh done it well before so the 2000 the 2008 version is uh or 2018 version is directed by uh eva duvernay who uh most recently did selma but um also or also the documentary 13th and those are her last two big things and she'd done a lot of other uh you know indie movies before a few other indie movies before she kind of broke out with selma and this is like her her first big like massive studio big budget project and um the the reception hasn't been great but i i think hannah and i are both mixed on the movie for different reasons that's why i was very excited to talk to hannah about it and hannah i guess the first place i want to start is uh when when you heard you're doing a movie on this uh were you i'm assuming you're kind of excited or were you just like i'm so close to the book like they're gonna screw it up and now i'm just like really scared like what were your thoughts going into this whole experience i was excited um because I would just like for there to be a good adaptation of it. And cause like I said, the TV movie is bad and it was my favorite book as a kid. And I was just, I was excited at the idea that there was going to be a movie of it at all. And I was excited that Ava DuVernay was directing it. Cause I thought it was really exciting that um, a woman was getting to direct this like formative uh, story about a girl, which I feel like doesn't happen often enough. Well, it would so have been really, really was, bad if they had like, a man direct this movie. You know? Well, exactly. <laughs> all, I would have been annoyed. Characters, yeah. um, and so I was like cautiously optimistic about it, I guess, because mm-hmm. I really wanted it to be good. But I wasn't like worried. I'm not one of those people who's always going to be like, oh, it ruined my childhood. Because like, you know, if a movie's bad, like it's fine. It, it you know, it doesn't is, change anything. And but I point, wanted to be- yeah. And at a certain point, you just kind of have to accept that like, big time books are going to get made into movies and you just got to hope for the best. Right. (laughs) Also like I'm an adult, you know, if they had made this movie when I was eight, I probably would have had more writing on it actually being good. But you know, sometimes movies are bad or sometimes they're okay. Like, and like you said, I kind of have mixed feelings on this one, like mixed to positive and like, that's fine. Right. And, uh, what was your, what was your initial reaction? Uh, did you, was it like, I liked it or was it like, eh, or is it like, Nah, not good at all. I think I think I, I imagine you kind of are still fun, trying to figure that out and process exactly how you feel. It yeah, it was kind of like okay, like <laughs> that was fine. But I had such like I was talking about this. Like my mom asked me what I thought, and I was like, I don't even know how to answer that because like obviously she knows that like I was obsessed with this from the time I was eight. Like I read this. I haven't read actually reread the book in like years and years now, but for a while from the ages of like, I don't know, eight to 13 or whatever, I was reading it several times a year. So it's like all still in there. Mm -hmm. And so like, I was always 
it was hard to watch it separated from my feelings about the source material. And it was also hard to watch it separated from like how I envisioned this stuff to look when I was a kid, which is like not a fair way to hold something up to judgment that like, Oh, this doesn't look like how I pictured it (laughs) 18 years ago or whatever. But it's, it's really hard. This is probably like the book that I cared about the most as a kid. So it is sort of hard to separate my history with the source material from an adaptation. That set designer should have consulted eight year old Hannah, you know? (laughs) Well, that was one of my main issues with it is some of the design stuff, which I guess we'll get into, but yeah. yeah. um, So what was your, did you read the book when you were a kid? Yeah, I read it with my mom. But the thing is like, whereas like you just, it seems like you read it several times over when you're around that age. I read it once with my mom when I was that age and I, I remember enjoying it a lot, but it's, honestly probably been about the same amount of time, 19, 18, yeah. 19 years. And I just, I never went back to it. So I, all I could really have told you is that it's, it's, a, but when I, if you'd asked me to tell you the plot of a wrinkle in time before going into this, I would have been like, it's about a girl has some science stuff and she has to, <laughs> she doesn't, she has to deal with like her dad, something with her dad. Like that's all I could have told right. you. So I, I had, I, I did not have a lot of baggage coming into this, even though I was, I want, it was more just like, I, I wanted good things for um, Ava DuVernay. And t- just to jump to it though, the, the movie uh, has, is probably not going to make money. And I, once the reviews started coming out, I was just like, oh man, I, I just hope that like, I just hope good things happen for her still. I don't want her to go to movie jail. You know, uh, it, it's a, it's a, we, we talked, we, we talked about it on the Wonder Woman podcast. Like Patty Jenkins went to jail, yeah. movie jail for a long time when made a movie that was good. Uh, Ava DuVernay is like getting a much bigger investment and in making one that maybe not receive well. So I was just more like, I, I wasn't too concerned about how I was, the source material would live to my mind. I'm just like, I want someone to like get something, get enough out of this that they give her a chance to make another movie. And uh, sure enough, like a few days ago it comes out, she's going to get them adapt one of the DC comics. So yeah, good for her. I mean, maybe she'll, she like Patty Jenkins will be able to pull uh, DC out of its normal dreck. Uh, but that, that, that's, that's kind of where I was going in where I was like, I mean, I, I, I didn't really know much about the book, but like, I'm just like, I'm kind of nervous for her and I hope it turns out well. And luckily that's been now been avoided. And I mean, now I can just kind of parse out how I feel about the movie, you know? Well, yeah, that's why I was interested to talk to you about it. Like, because I, I, I don't know how some of it would read if you weren't as familiar with the book as I am, you know, because I know that a lot of people who have seen it who haven't read the book or haven't read the book in a really long time were like, this doesn't make any sense. (laughs) And I was like, I mean, it kind of doesn't like I know what's happening. Right. Because I already know the story. But it was kind of hard for me to judge how it would play if you didn't already know the story, because I even with me, there were a couple parts where I was kind of like, oh, we're here already. Like it felt like the screenplay had some issues. I felt like it parts of it were rushed and parts of it were like that was not explained like there were just things where it's like I would be curious to see how other people feel about it because I can't (laughs) like I can't pretend that I don't know what's happening but I can see how confusing and conversely I was excited to talk to you because I was like well there's stuff I would do differently but I don't know if that's like too integral to the book itself that it would Mm -hmm. be bad if they changed it and there was like there was definitely stuff I didn't like it but I'm like I'm here saying like oh man like this whole the, the it is just like the worst villain ever is or, or or some of the ways in which they utilized it were like really bad and like I wanted them to kind of do it differently and I didn't really like when the little kid got possessed but I'm like is that just like too is that is that too big of a part of the book to change so I'm, I'm like thinking about all these uh little things throughout but I mean that, that that's all kind of like in the back half of the movie and I'd say with the first half of the movie because uh, I feel like it is kind of cr- fairly clearly defined a uh, two defined or almost three parts you know there's the part where it's just her in the beginning before they kind of before they go off and they're 
um, and, and they start their and they actually start their journey. It's just her dealing with their home life, dealing with their school life, and all that. Or I, I should at least I should, I should call her Meg, played by Storm Reed, who I, I think is fantastic. I'll say that much. Uh, she was great. That. She's very cute. Um, yeah, yeah, she's great. And and yeah, so they have that. And but then they, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm, oh, I'm sorry, I'm now uh, forgetting a couple of things. What what's the name of the world that they go into? Is there an, is there actually a name for it? I should be remembering. The Camazots, the yeah, at the end, yeah, 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 you know. Uh, but like, there, there are certain things throughout it where I'm just like, well, maybe there's a lot that's going into this. But and I saw something online about the the whole tesseract thing and how maybe they didn't handle that as well as they could have. In a couple I have of some thoughts on that. Yes, yes, but that's something where it's like they could have done it differently. And I still, as someone that just like isn't really that doesn't know that much about science, but it's like not tried to understand it too hard anyway. And just chalked it up to like, Oh, I got to take that at face value. I shouldn't try and understand too much of the science anyway. Cause that's just not my strong suit. That was always my worst subject growing up as a kid. And I'm just going to try and focus on the other stuff. So I, to kind of boil what I'm trying to say down, it's just that like, yeah, there, there's stuff here and there that would change. There's a lot of things I would have liked, but I mean, I, I don't know. That, 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 I, that's why I kind of want, want to stop rambling and, and defer to you on this. I mean, it, I don't, I, I'm trying to think about the best way to go about this. Uh, if you want to start, like, I mean, where, where, do, where, how do you think the best way to break this down is? I'd like to start maybe just with that first part of the movie um, where I really enjoyed it. I like the world that they created at her school. I don't know if I'm always the best, best fan of how bullying is depicted on screen, but I thought her performance, <laughs> and just in general in movies, not even just in this one, um, I almost would have wanted that part of the movie to be um, a little longer and maybe set up maybe set up the school stuff even more because one you why, why hire Andre Holland to give him like four lines yeah. and uh, same with Gugu and Batha Raw who I I love and I'm want good things for and uh, no, same for, first first two movies of this year uh, haven't really gone gone as great for her probably on the whole she didn't really have a chance to do a lot in this one but uh Cloverfield not so much I I like them as actors and I I just really liked her as a kid and I thought some of those scenes I mean the shot of her just at recess was really cool like that that was a cool look that was in the trailer but like I was just kind of digging it and I thought it was setting the mood really well for what this girl's going through and I really connected with her and I liked that so um, I don't know. What, what were your thoughts on just like ha- how it created that world and how it had established this version of Meg compared to the Meg from the book? I think the beginning does a, does a good job of establishing the situation, but I do think that like, I felt like one of my main issues with the movie is I felt like the, it was sort of distributed weird in terms of which sections got the most, um, screen time and the most sort of exposition. Like I thought that there was a pretty good job establishing like her home life and her family and the trouble she has at school and stuff. Um, but there could have been a little bit more like, um, Calvin in this movie is like basically nothing. Like there's no, you don't know anything about him or like why he would be friends with Meg or what. And like in the book there's, that's established more that like they sort of become friends right before they go off on this mission or whatever. And you learn more about his family. And I was watching it sort of going like, if I didn't already know this, I would be like, who is this kid? And what is the point of him being here? You know? So there were some things like that. Yeah. He came out of nowhere. (laughs) Yeah. And in the the book, he does a little bit, but it's, it's more established that they're friends in the movie. It's just sort of like, okay, here's this kid. He's coming too. (laughs) He, He really pops out of nowhere. And he's like, they're like, why are you here? Is like, I don't know. I just like ended up here. <laughs> yeah. I just think I'm supposed to be here. It's like, which does happen okay. in the book, but it feels less 
out of nowhere. Ah, okay, cool. Well, he also, does, they do sort of run into him, but there's, I don't know, it, it feels less sort of like, oh, we need a boy in here. Is there more in the, and I like, I think that's a good point you made about the exposition, because is there, is there more in the book about, like, it, it seems like all of a sudden, like, Charles Wallace is, like, best friends with all the misses and is just, like, totally in sync with them and communicating with them and knows exactly what's going on. Is he, is he, like, all-knowing like that in the book, or they set that up a little more? Yeah, in the book, kind of I, in the book, they, um, like the the first chapter of the book is uh which they have a little bit in the movie is her going down into the kitchen and Charles Wallace being there but in the in the book it's a long conversation with her and Charles Wallace and the mom where that character is sort of more established and you kind of learn that like he's this weird smart kid that there might be something sort of supernatural going on with be not making any sense where because things were cut out going going off of what you were saying i i i agree and like i i think there are little things there where it's like you don't want the movie to be like two and a half hours like it's so stupid to like sit there and like nitpick a movie to death for the things it leaves out from any book like you got to make some choices you know but like it seemed like there were definitely a few small things here or there that like add that in and like things make more sense you know yeah so can i tell you the one thing that they cut from the book that is a totally baffling choice to me that i think would have improved it yeah okay so they never explain what the tesseract is or what it does and they never explain what a wrinkle in time means which (laughs) uh yeah okay so that that goes back to what i was saying earlier where i was like rambling about me and not knowing science i just assume that like the tesseract like makes him traveling through all dimensions possible it does it does i mean it's not like it's real science but in the book that is very clearly explained when they talk, when they literally explain a wrinkle in time is there's, there's an illustration in the book where um, Mrs. Who or Mrs. What's it explains that like what we do, how we travel through the universe is we can, the Tesseract is the fifth dimension, which is time. So we can fold time. And if you look at Mrs. Who's skirt, if there's an ant and one crawling across her skirt, we take the two corners and one is one place and one is another. We can fold it and put the ends together and cross. We fold time so you can jump across and don't have to travel through it. And the ant will just crawl across the skirt. And that is like an image that. And that fold is that fold that fold is the wrinkle. That fold is the wrinkle. That's how we travel through time. And this is like this iconic thing from the book. And then they just don't include that, which was an odd choice to me because you have the image right there. You can put that on the screen and say, this is how we jump through time. And instead they just sort of go, oh, we're going to space now. See, I just assumed that like the Tesseract was like some kind of science device that her dad was working on, like in the lab. It is. As opposed, wait, so. That's how, that's how he travels. Right. And then the way they travel is some sort of magical other space travel, I think. Oh, okay. But it just, and like, you don't even have to do that. I I feel like, I don't want it to sound like my criticisms are, my criticisms are all like, well, it wasn't like this in the book, but I just feel like that's a very easy device for you to explain how they're traveling and you don't use any part of it at all. Right. Even a Luddite such as myself that just professes to not know anything about science would have been like, oh, cool. I get it now. Cause that's like, I just understood it when you explained it. Whereas before it's all fantasy space nonsense, but I I felt like they didn't make any effort to explain it. Right, yeah, no, 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 they didn't, and I mean, for someone like me that like just doesn't really, like I said, who doesn't know much about science, like I, I, I probably, I, I, I just, I just kind of accepted it at face value and was like, all right, well, whatever, they don't need to like try and take me to school, but I think I would have actually appreciated it if they had found an interesting visual way to do that. You know, it's a movie with a obviously a fairly um, big special effects budget, and it, that's that probably doesn't even entail much special effects to make that kind of illustration. You just well, explain, you can do it a lot I of ways. Feel- I feel like they kind of tried to replace it in the movie with 
more real sounding science, like that they replaced that with the scene of Chris Pine, like presenting at that conference saying like, they just didn't get it as travel as possible, but it didn't, I feel like it didn't really come across. No, it did. Uh, yeah, no, no, it was just, you're right. I mean, it was like, I, I felt like one of those audience members. I was like, or, or one of, one of the, one of the people in his right. lecture hall, I was like, okay, cool, bro. <laughs> Whatever. Well, which is what I was saying where it's like, well, I understand what's going on yeah, 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 because I already know. But if yeah. you were just watching this, I think you'd be like, wait, what are they doing? How are they the what now? Like it, it, the things that they chose to spend a lot of time on versus the things that they just rushed past were a lot of very confusing choices to me. Yeah. So, okay. So the next thing I'd say that, so once they go, um, so, right. So, well, once they go into Kamazots and with, with all the misses, I'd see, I'd say the, I'd say the next thing that you would say they spent a bunch of time on was, uh, a lot of time watching um, 100 foot Oprah uh, talk to us about life. Um, yeah. Uh, but I mean, I'm sure you have thoughts on the misses and how they. Um, uh, thoughts on all of this. <laughs> and, and they have, and they have, well, they have Oprah's Mrs. Witch, Reese Witherspoon is What's It, um, Mindy Kaling is Mrs. Who. And there's a lot of time of them kind of spent talking to them and lecturing them about the it and about just the evils of the world and. I don't know. I've, some of it I got some stuff out of, and other times I was like, "There's." I feel like there's also more interesting things you could be doing. How do you think they? How do you think they handle their depiction of those three characters and just the their interactions with those kids? Um, my one of my major issues with this movie is that I I think Reese Witherspoon is miscast. Really, I'm not really sure what she's doing because I feel like, and I like her, but I feel in the it might. It, I think it's both that she's miscast and that the relationship between her and Meg is not given enough time to become anything. Yeah. So I was wondering, I mean, I, uh, it seemed like she was there to kind of see like, Oh, you silly humans. You, you can't do anything. You can't, you're, you're incapable. And she keeps saying that about Meg. And it's, I, I felt like there, why put, why are you, it seemed, it seemed to me like that was supposed to be a character that was there to do more as, and I, cause I, I, I couldn't really tell you, which, yeah, I couldn't really say, tell you what her purpose was other than to like kind of be their guide initially and then make dismissive comments about how Meg just can't cut it. And that seems like it's kind of it. I mean, what, what more of an arc is she supposed to have? Well, in the book, it's more, um, she and Meg just spend more time together and sort of have more conversations. And she's more of like a mentor figure. And she and Meg talk about like the hard time that Meg has. And like, she's the one who in the book, um, Oh, the other thing that they never explain in the movie is like what the misses are in the book. They're like, uh, stars, which is like, you know, again, more like fantasy book nonsense. But if you want to give them, cause in the movie, you're like, are they aliens? Are they witches? Like what in the book, they're like the personifications of like burned out stars, which mm-hmm. is like kind of a cool image that maybe you would want to use, but whatever. Anyway, they, um, she is the idea is that she's the youngest of the three and she's the best at communicating, which they do mention in the movie. But, um, so she's the one who talks to Meg and sort of explains what's going on. And I just feel like it's a more kind of not like serious, but like a more maybe kind of maternal figure. And in the movie, it's just sort of like Reese Witherspoon doing her Reese Witherspoon thing. Was there an actress that came to mind is like, this person could have pulled it off? No, not necessarily. And I don't even think that like it couldn't have worked at all. With Reese, I just, I don't know, it just felt like a weird choice to me, and it felt like that character wasn't, that character is very important to the book. And definitely underwritten in the movie. Yes. Uh, I'd agree with that. Um, Yeah, I I don't know, it it seemed like we spent a lot of time with them to not get a whole lot out of it. Um, In some ways, too, I think that some, and I do like the idea of Oprah as Mrs. Witch, because she's supposed to be this sort of, like, 
big, like wise, like authoritative presence. Yeah. And so I, it's like, but I feel like some of what Mrs. What's it is to Meg in the book kind of got transferred to Oprah in the movie. Mm-hmm. So that Mrs. Witch is kind of more of that character and Mrs. What's it is kind of less of a character at all. Right. And I, yeah, no, no, I agree. And like, I think that, uh, I don't know. And I, I get what you're saying about Oprah and how, I don't know. It's, it's like a meta bit of casting in that it's like, mm-hmm. that's kind of how we see her in real life and how, if that's how that character is supposed to be, then that's cool too. And like, I think it might bother some people where it's like, Oprah's almost like too famous to like have a role that's supposed to be like someone so completely different. But I, I don't know. It didn't bother me in that way. It was more just that like, I don't know. I felt like I, I felt like I, I don't want to, I don't want to say the, the word hot air, but it just felt like these people were kind of reiterating some of the same stuff over and over again to a certain point. And we're like, we get it. Like Meg needs to believe in herself. She needs to do it. She needs to do it. There's only so many different ways you can say this, you know? Yeah. Uh, I feel like in, they, they feel more like real characters in the book and the movie. It's a lot of just kind of like, look at these wacky ladies. And then you're, they leave and you're sort of like, well, why were they here? Like, what did they really do? Yeah, like they, because it's at that one point they're just like, all right, well, like we're we're about to die, so like you're on your own, deuces. And, <laughs> and, yeah, no, honestly, and even though like I knew the story that we got to that point in the movie, and I was kind of like, we're here already, like they're leaving now, and they haven't done anything. Right. It's like, like that. What What was the point of them? We didn't get any information about them really, and they weren't really that helpful, and they left. Didn't she? Uh, she kind of turned into like a. Uh, Caesar salad or something oh, like that. Oh god, and then, that was so and, goofy. And, and, and flew them around. And in the, yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, well, and in the book, I hate how much I'm going. Well, in the book, but hey, it's in inevitable. The book, um, in the book, she turns into a centaur kind of creature, which is also like goofy fantasy nonsense. But it, and I understand like maybe wanting to design that into something else. But that whatever that creature was, not great. <laughs> it, it was. It looked like it was like a big piece of fabric, and then it was into whatever kind of creature and then they flew around and and people who um, want to make fun of this movie have really latched onto that as like the thing that i mean i just thought it was kind of weird it was like it, it was oh, it was no, kind I'm of saying you but like no no just, yeah yeah no, I, that wasn't like well if, if i had it wouldn't have been my big criticism specifically it was just like i feel like that was the one thing we're really supposed to remember with them um like their big set piece scene where they fly around and then and then, yeah, I don't know. And I can't, I, it's only been six days since I've seen the movie, and I'm just like having trouble telling you like what all they did, you know? Yeah. Um, and I, I, I don't know. I feel like I should be able to like recall more. These are three fairly famous actresses, or and you know, if you don't want to call Oprah an actress, she's still like a person. And it's like they obviously they they were, they were there to leave some really big impact. And I don't know. I, it just didn't. They didn't really necessarily do a ton for me. Um, I feel like they have kind. They kind of emphasize. Like the aesthetic of it more than any sort of actual oh, like content. Oh, like the weird idea. hair and lipstick right. and stuff. And in the in the book, they just are sort of meant to look like old ladies, which like as like a disguise. And like I understand why if you have this big budget, you would want to design something in a more interesting way and make them look sort of more otherworldly or whatever. But I kind of feel like it tipped into well, we have all of this money, we're gonna use all of it. We're gonna use all of the CGI and make all of the costumes and it was sort of like that i felt like that was happening at the expense of any sort of character development it was just like look at these crazy looking ladies and it's like okay but like who are they and i guess they were also kind of excited that mindy kaling's kind of getting to play against type 
um, <laughs> a little bit because, I mean, that's certainly not the kind of character she's known for playing on her show or The Office, and she's there in a much more quiet presence. She has funny lines here and there, which, uh, I mean, I got a few laughs out of where she's doing her quotes and stuff, but um, I don't know. Like, it seemed like... It, I feel like there's still a better way to like push her beyond what she normally does, but still have it also leave more of a lasting impact at the same time. Like what, what is the, um, uh, I guess my question then would be like in the, is there like a certain, is Mrs. Who have more of a purpose in the book? I mean, she's definitely the smallest of the, of those three in the book. And she does basically what she does in the movie. But what what they explain is that like, because they're not humans, it's difficult for them to communicate with humans. So like Mrs. What's it is good at it, which is why they keep her around. Mrs. Who has trouble formulating her own thoughts. So she uses quotes, which is pretty much how they explain it in the movie. And in the book, Mrs. Witch doesn't speak very much and has like this very scary, like quavery voice because it's very hard for her to speak like a human, which obviously they did away with because they had Oprah, but because they made that choice of her to be and sort of like the one making all of these grand pronouncements, it sort of overrides Mrs. What's it as a character. I feel like. I gotcha. I gotcha. All right. Well, well, so, they they get they get they they get them to so the book so much I'm sorry no it's fine because like it's informative for me because I'm trying to I, I wanted to get my own concept of like what 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 they did right and what 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 was integral to the book and what these things should have been because like I'm saying I have these questions where it's like there's this whole middle section in the movie where I'm just like. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, get, I, I like some of the stuff they're explaining to me, but like, it seems like I should be getting more out of it. So it's cool to kind of get a different perspective on all that. But it seems like they, they get them to this point where they're, then all of a sudden they're, they're at this at their now they're they've kind of. I guess is it after is it after they I guess it's after they abandon them where um, where like I guess um, Meg and um, uh, Calvin have to like hide in that tree it's like after that and then all mm-hmm. of a sudden they're at that they're at that beach right that's that's kind of the order in yep. which things go and mm-hmm. that you I know mean, i guess that was like kind of an exciting well, they, they're in that neighborhood first and then they're on the beach okay right they get out of the yeah. tree then they, then they walk into the neighborhood uh so one thing about that scene where they where they hide out in the tree but all of a sudden like charles wallace magically somehow isn't with them and is safe the whole time um I, I, that was another edit, weirdly edited scene where it's like not a lot of explanation for how he's just magically there um yeah and that also that whole chase where they're like in the tree that also felt like them going we have all this money we need a set piece (laughs) you know because in the in the book they just drop them off on like the top of a hill and they walk into that neighborhood which like i don't have a problem with you with them adding more like visually interesting things because that's what movies are for but it just very felt very well, sort of generically actiony well that, that and that seemed more like something i'd seen before just like right. any kind of like young adult movie with that kind of aesthetic and so it's like and not this is this is obviously targeted to a slightly younger demographic than young adult i'm just thinking of like things that like looked like that in movies before whereas with that scene in the neighborhood it was a cool visual i'm curious um what am i supposed to get out of that um, well, I mean that the stuff with the neighborhood and the kids bouncing the balls that is directly from the book. Right. I I, 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 f- I figured out that much. I'm wondering. The thing I think the issue here more so than like because actually once you get once they get onto Camazots and you hit from that point from like the neighborhood on is when there was some visual stuff that I actually did really like mm-hmm. and I that is the stuff that is more maybe more faithfully lifted from the book but also like the it is not explained. That's another thing where they were just sort of like, oh yeah, it's the evil thing. And in the book, it's, they call it it, first of all, with no the, which I wonder if they changed so as to avoid confusion with 
it the killer clown. I don't know because there was just a movie of that. I don't know why they changed it. It's not really important. But um, in the in the book, it is literally a giant brain that just like lives in the middle of a giant room. And it is what's controlling Charles Wallace. And there's an they describe it as like sort of pulsing. And you realize later that like the kids that are bouncing the balls are like doing it in time to like how it is moving. And so it's it's more clearly that like everything on this planet is sort of one being controlled by this thing. Gotcha. Okay. Movie doesn't make that clear at all. Yeah. And I I don't want to be the guy that's like expecting the movie to over explain everything, but it was just like, this seems like a cool visual thing they are doing, but I don't exactly understand what I should be taking from it. And maybe there's a way to convey that a little more. And And like, even if the explanation is dumb because it's like all made up fantasy things, you can throw in one line. That's like, Oh, this controls the whole planet. And you're like, great. Got it. Right. Cause I mean, I, it became more clear. I mean, well, I don't know. I mean, well, that well, that that beach was like. I mean, there was a lot of stuff going on there that didn't seemingly that wasn't evil. It was just kind of like people on a beach, and then the the one guy comes up and tricks Charles Wallace. So I get that maybe that that's just the scene that the it is creating, and that's that. And okay, cool. And in the um, book, it's not on a beach. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, I keep doing this. In the book, it's like um. It's like an office building, huh. I think. I, I mean, it's been a long time since I read it, but like, they go into a building and find all these people, and that guy comes and meets them and like leads them back to where her father is being held captive. Okay. Yeah. In the movie, it's just like, oh, we're here, and now we're here. Right, and I just thought it was just kind of like an alternative world where the, it could have – is this there in some different incarnations, and that's one where he brings him to that place and um, – or. I don't want to say he because I don't. I guess that it doesn't really have a gender, but it's it's a, it's, it's, yeah. a, it's a guy, and he brings them back to the whatever you want to call it, the space, uh, some other kind of space, and that's where they kind of first encounter the possessed Charles Wallace. And I, now I'm just kind of talking through the plot with you, and then I'll have some other stuff I want to circle back to. And there's, I think that that is another example of a, a much more interesting. Like, while in, an, in in a vacuum, all that stuff in the first half of the movie, it looks very pretty. I'm looking now where they filmed it. I guess it's some of it's in like filmed a lot New of it Zealand. in New Ze- some in New Zealand yeah. and Northern California parts of it, and that's cool, I guess. But like, I think some of the, like the scene right here in the in whatever room this is, they first encounter possessed Charles Wallace. I, th- I like what they do there better. I as like far that as a lot. Stuff. Yeah, how like. With them falling down or them walking up and down the thing or whatever, that stuff's cooler. I just, I, I don't know. Possessed Charles Wallace didn't do it for me. I don't know how you felt about how they pulled that off. I don't uh, in the movie itself and if there's if it should have come across differently based on how it did in the book. But I don't know if it's the kid as an actor or just that I just didn't think it was as interesting. As... I think part of it is the kid is an actor. He's very cute, but he's not really an actor. Yeah. And um, part of it is just they don't try to explain anything that's it's all a lot of although i did like you know that end part better than i liked the middle section because i feel like the sort of some of the visual stuff was a little bit more restrained it yeah it's supposed to i don't know it's so hard for me to like talk about this objectively because i'm sitting here going like yeah that's what happens because that's what happens in a wrinkle in time like right well so that's now we're getting close to what i really wanted to ask you about whereas it's like what I what really I really really enjoyed a lot, even though it was a very small part of it, is where they finally they she she leaves that room where she tries to go track down Charles Wallace against her dad's wishes, and he's like, nah, like we're we're he's screwed now, like we're good, we can we'll just go, like we're, you're not gonna be able to get him back, and uh, Meg disobeys her dad and follows him into 
another thing that I don't really know the name for is that the brain itself, um, I guess is what you'd say, wherever she, that, yeah. that last scene. Sort um, of depicted differently in the movie than in the book, but yeah, that's supposed to be is the, that the it. That is, is right. that, that's the, that's the physical manifestation of the it, the brain. I think so. I guess, whatever you want. I, I'm assuming. So whatever, what I really like there, which made me think of like another version of this movie that I would have liked a lot more was when, um, Charles Wallace is still there being possessed, played by the subpar kid actor. And then out of nowhere, you see the alternate version of Meg walk out. And I was, I was kind of, I was actually digging that. And I was like, Oh, this is cool. Cause it's like, we're, we're kind of meant to see like this whole entire movie. Like the one thing I've liked about this movie is Meg. I, I really like this actress. I, I really don't can't say anything else here has done a lot for me, but I've just enjoyed watching her deal with her, with herself, her internal struggle and seeing how she's like, I mean, what, she's supposed to be like 12 years old and mm-hmm. she's having to, she's dealing with all this internal strife about who she is and her self-confidence and all that. And she has people telling her throughout that she, no, no, you're great. You're cool. You're cool. And she's not believing them. And then we see like this, I guess, supposedly evil version of her and just looks evil. Like I played by, played by Storm Reed too. And doesn't really say anything, but like looks very convincing as like the, here's this version of her. That's probably just given into all of her insecurities and turned into like a, probably not good person. And that's that. And I'm like, Oh wow. Like, and not only that, but then she also has straight hair. And that was another cool thing I picked up on where it's like you have Calvin's like making these awkward compliments about her hair throughout the whole movie, which is it's clear that she doesn't feel that good about it. And that's just like another subtle way without over explaining what's going on, like which is where I'm, I'm saying a lot of the rest of this movie, I wanted more explanation here. It's like it was a perfect amount of explanation where it's like here's just this other example of like some other version of her. And we're meant to see it's not that good. And she kind of comes to that realization at the same time. And does whatever she does to end things. I couldn't even tell you what actually happened. And mm-hmm. I was like, and I was like, I would have almost rather like had some version of this movie where you can even bring Calvin into that. Cause they imply this stuff about him and his dad and his home life. And it's like, I would have rather like had some weird version of this movie where they spent a lot more time, whether it's in that brain or some other part of it, where they're just like encountering bizarre versions of themselves and having to realize like, Hey, like, you know, theme of this movie and all that, like I need to, kind of embrace myself a little more and like i thought that would have been more interesting than a lot of the other conflict we got where it was just like this it that as you've said is not explained that well yelling things at us through this not very good six-year-old boy actor and i was like i saw a version of a movie in there that i would have dug a lot more and it was just like a very quick glimpse and i was like oh that would have been really cool to have more of that yeah no i agree i I get what you're saying and i think that like i mean that's a theme of the movie and the book because it's a theme of basically all children's books is like learning to love and accept who you are and be yourself or whatever. And I think that the movie gets at some of that, like with that scene where she sees like an alternate version of herself and realizes that it's like, it's not the true version. Mm -hmm. And there's a little bit of that. And it's a line that's in the movie, but like one of the famous lines from the book is when Mrs. What's it says to her, I give you your faults because then she realizes like, I'm not a perfect person, but that's what makes me me. And that's what makes me capable of, going on this mission or whatever. But one, because I feel like Mrs. What's it isn't a very developed character in the movie that feels like it means less. Mm -hmm. And so you don't really, um, you're just sort of like, Oh, okay. I mean, then now, and now they're gone. Like, and she's going to go do this by herself. And I, I feel like, um, to like, I mean, it's clear that she has a good relationship with Charles Wallace and that like they love each other, but also in the, in the book, it's definitely more of like, Oh, well, yeah. And that's, 
Well, sorry, let me finish your thought. No, it's, no. I mean, I, I was sort of running out of thought, but I feel like... No, more- but I, I get it, Like, because I, I, I kind of trailed off when I was making my point before. I'm like, she did whatever she had to do to save the day. But what she does, I forgot. What she did is she just like yells at Charles Wallace a lot about how I love you, love is important, love, 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 which is what you said. It's what a lot of children's literature boils down to, but let's, let's, let's give, like, let's not let, like, other... Uh, other art off the hook because like that stuff is kind of like that kind of lovey dove final message thing is like used as a resolution in more adult movies like Interstellar yeah. or stuff like that that are similar which I hate in Interstellar game. yeah it's like but, so it's a thing and it's probably more acceptable for a kids movie to go that way but I just like exactly. I saw a version of this movie where it didn't even it could it, it wouldn't have even had to have relied on that because like I would have been cool to watch these characters like face these other versions of themselves and I get like it's not at all what happens with Charles Wallace. It would have maybe been, would have been a little bit too big of a departure from the book if you have like six year old Charles Wallace encountering possessed Charles Wallace. But like I'm saying, like you could have given Calvin more to do throughout than just Definitely. have him kind of be a random presence. Uh, I don't know if that actor was it would have been up to it either. I didn't mind him as much as Charles Wallace, but there was also a point when I'm like, I'm guessing you hadn't seen that actor that played Calvin before. No. Um, so at the end of that scene where they um, where they hide in the tree and then it's like they're trying to make it look like they're almost going to kiss, but he says he's saying some other stuff before then. I'm like, oh, this guy is definitely not American. Like his whatever accent he has broke. I <laughs> he's can, Australian, I can right? Tell. I, yeah, it sounded British to me for a second. I looked it up after the movie. He's an Australian. He's like, I don't know. Like maybe this actor wouldn't have been up the sh- shouldering the huge bur- burden, but like I think that. I could have taken more of him and you could have, like you said, he just kind of shows up in the beginning and that he's just along for the ride and just could have done more with him. Instead, he's just there to say nice things to Meg, which good. Be nice to Meg. Meg's very nice. I like Meg. Say nice things to Meg. <laughs> but but like, he, he could have served, he could have served more of a purpose and maybe it could have been a little bit more of a journey that the two of them went on at the end. Yep. Instead, it's like, I'm going to yell stuff about love to Charles Wallace. He's going to break out of it and then we're going to be back. And then, which does happen in the book, but it, feels more earned like something about this movie just felt very rushed to me and i some kind sometimes i can't quite put my finger on what it is but it was just there was a lot of me going oh we're, we're here now we're doing this right okay and i don't know if it's like a thing in the book that like uh um her dad is like uh telling her to leave charles wallace we'll get out of here and we'll be fine it's charles wallace a lost cause i was expecting there to be like another big scene between her um her and uh chris pine at the end like where mm-hmm. she like it looked like maybe they were gonna be uncomfortable I mean, obviously she's excited she'd missed her dad she wanted her dad back but i thought there was gonna be like some kind of difficult conversation where she's gonna be like yo you bailed on charles wallace because um, <laughs> she seemed like upset about that and she's running away from her dad and um I mean, maybe that's a little too much to expect to have this girl that's really missed her dad then get mad at her dad after she's just happy to obviously have him back for good in the real world. But, like, I felt like it was setting us up to, like, have some other kind of big scene between them. And then that didn't happen, which, I mean, whatever. Uh, But that was just one thing I thought maybe could have just been, like, another interesting earned scene based on what we knew about her and her relationship with her dad and uh, Chris Evans being a pretty capable actor who uh, – or not Chris Evans, Chris Pine. Um, (laughs) Who, funny enough, like we talked about like eight or nine months ago on this podcast when we did our Chris rankings. Yeah. And uh, so he's, he's still getting to do well, more interesting stuff. In that probably borderline unhinged post I wrote on Letterboxd about this movie that uh, this is Chris Pine is now two for two on being my favorite thing about a hundred million dollar movie directed by a woman. Like 
Yeah, I don't. I don't know what that. What I don't know what that. I don't know what to think about that comment. I mean, I don't. I don't. I don't, I don't necessarily disagree with that. He was. Uh, he was. He was. Fun, he was fun in Wonder Woman. Or and, not the number one favorite. Like I enjoyed him a lot in it. Yeah, I'd, I'd say. I'd say I put Storm Reid ahead of him um, there for just talking about things in general that I liked in the movie. But yeah, he's. Uh, he, he. He's done. He's done well and being good for get on good on him for willing to like go play take like these more secondary roles and, yeah i was gonna say, so. i think he's very good in this movie he's not in it a lot but i feel like and i like you know you were saying you would have liked to have one more scene between meg and her dad maybe but i thought that the scene that they do get is very effective for being as short as it is yeah no yeah for sure for sure what else um i don't know i'd say like like i said like you're saying it was rushed at the end but like i felt like that like I was saying, the the message kind of hit me a little more once I saw that alternate uh, Meg, and so that's probably the thing I appreciated about the most. And I mean, I, I guess I f- I feel bad that like I've we spent like thirty minutes just talking about all this stuff that like we comparing it to the book and saying why this didn't work and how it could have been different within the book. But like I I didn't come out of this like giving it like a one or two star review on Letterbox necessarily like a lot of people did, and I'm like. I'm not begrudging them. We've just talked about a whole lot of stuff that there is to criticize about this movie, but I would just say that like, I just enjoyed watching her on screen so much. And I thought uh, all this, all, all these other criticisms aside and editing choices and whatnot that um, Ava maybe could have done, done a little differently. Uh, I still thought the ultimate message kind of did get through to me, um, which I appreciated. And I think that's why I came away from this, not as a negative experience, but more of just like a conflicted one where I felt the need to like, talk to someone else about it you know and yeah it seems and like you're kind of in a similar space like you're, you're you're you keep scolding yourself for comparing it to the book too much but like <laughs> it seems like you still you were still not completely disappointed at the same time no i don't and i i don't think that this is a bad movie and i i think it's very easy especially for somebody like me who has such a connection to the source material it's very easy to nitpick but that doesn't mean just because there are lots of little things that could have been adjusted doesn't mean that overall it's not worth anything you know like it's a cliche to be like oh it's flawed but interesting but it is flawed but interesting but like i think you you would agree though that she didn't necessarily lose she didn't lose she she didn't lose the um she 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 didn't lose her grasp on the material completely you know no. it's just like maybe the, the adaptation process had a lot of things that could have gone differently but it wasn't like ava read this book and then like didn't get it you know no not well, that she not, not that she wrote it either she but, didn't you know write I mean? it yeah. but no i know what you mean that like there's not it's a hard thing to adapt because things that work you know, on the page, especially when you're a kid that you just read it and like, yeah, that's what's happening. You put them on screen and you're like, "Mm, that seems kind of stupid or it feels like the sections don't really connect. So I understand that it's a difficult thing to adapt. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that you're right that she, that she and um, the writers of the screenplay and whatever, like understand sort of the underlying message of the movie and sort of get like the spirit of it. Mm -hmm. I just feel like there were things that could have been adjusted so that, one, the story was more clear and made more sense to people who weren't already familiar with it. And two, just sort of like, I don't know, just sort of like sharpen those points of like, because that's why this book is so important to so many women, especially. I mean, I know it's lots of kids like it, but, mm-hmm. you know, there are lots of people like me who like this was important to them as like weird, insecure girls. And mm-hmm. I feel like the movie gets that to a certain point. But like you said, like there could have been more with her and her dad. Like, there could have been more with her and Mrs. What's-It. Like, in the book, you get more of an idea of, like, sort of how Meg thinks of herself. And there's a lot of that in the first section of the movie that I think they do a good job. And, like, there's, the like, the character who's bullying her and stuff. And, like, she talks to the principal. And you get that idea. 
Right. That, that, that was another thing. I don't know if they handled the best at the end because they kind of try and imply that like she's come to some kind of understanding with that bully uh, at the end mm. without ever actually showing the interaction. In oh, well, whatever. You know, like, that's the kind of thing you can if you want to take a liberty there and develop this other character. I think you just well, right. you know, do it. Yeah. It's an easy way to like, you know, in a book, a lot of it is like internal narration or whatever thoughts. And that's an easy way to like visualize like oh she has a hard time people are mean to her like you know sort of simplify it that way but yeah yeah and uh, well and that's also a fairly capable actress i guess that played um that played the bully rowan blanchard i i, I can't say mm-hmm. i've watched a lot of uh, girl meets world but <laughs> no i, mean, I haven't seem, either but i know who she is it seems like people like her and it's like a big enough name that it's like i don't know it's just like i, I get why these people why someone like that that's been sitting doing a disney channel show would want to get in on a big budget movie and i guess it's a disney property so there's already some kind of pre-existing relationship there where it's like sure i'll go do this for my employer but um uh, <laughs> it's not not bad for her profile either but it's like it seems I, I feel like she's probably someone that could have handled a little more just as same with andre hall and it's like i think you could have just spent a little more time inside that school it's just like wow like these girls are really awful without a lot of context and uh we just see them being really mean to the girl whose dad disappeared and um not that bullies have the have the best uh reasons in heart at heart but if you're going to redeem that bully at the end like may as well spend a little more time with her to get where she's coming from aside from like seeing her like mom scold her for eating too much or whatever it was um well that's just another like example of this movie like weirdly spreading some things too thin like you just get that one sort of montage of like all of the problems that other people in meg's life are dealing with there's like the principal is like jealous that he didn't get a promotion and like calvin's dad is mean to him and like that girl is like insecure about her weight or whatever but that goes by very quickly and it's Mm -hmm. like well if you want to if you want these people to be characters like you could spend because the thing is it's not a very long movie it's a pretty short book and it's a pretty short movie you could have added a little bit more yeah i think it's a little less than two hours 40 minutes yeah it might be hour 50 but yeah i mean and i know it's for kids and you don't want it to be too long but i feel like you could have padded some of that out a little bit or i mean even cut out some of the other stuff in the in the middle i mean not not not, not, not that we i mean we just complain about how they didn't actually develop the stuff with the missus enough but like it still felt like somehow at the same time it felt like there was fat to trim i don't know they they spent time on stuff that didn't matter as much yeah yeah for sure and or or like you said one scene where it was like oh no we need to spend more of our cgi budget which they which they might be which they might be regretting at this point now with how the movie's doing uh, Mm -hmm. um, well and just like also like this movie has a really great cast and like you talked a little bit about Gugu Mbatha-Ra like not having anything to do and that's a real shame because I like her a lot and you know it's not like that's a huge character but it's sort of like you see, and Andre Holland is in it for a minute you know you see all these terrific actors and are like oh great and then like that's it Mike, Mike, Michael Pena uh, Zach Galifianakis yeah. we didn't mention either of them um uh i actually did like the stuff with zach elf i know i'm not even, i'm not even saying that was bad i'm just saying no i just like, i thought that part works pretty well yeah no i think i did I, now that i'm thinking about it i think i did actually get a kick out of it when it happened like i'm just saying a lot of that stuff kind of like came and went out of my out of my heads um mm-hmm. yeah um is there, is there is there anything else um, um any, any, any other thoughts um let me see. I actually wrote a few things down, which I don't do that much anymore. But I think I might have actually got to all of them with I wanted that I wanted to. Yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, I think that's. Oh, one. One. The other thing I was going to ask you about, one, and, and the stuff I have read, and maybe this is something you didn't pick up on because you read the book a long time ago, um, at the time, and it might have just not been something that was like at, at your for in in your forethoughts. But like, 
I've read a lot and just in, in trying to read some reviews in the last couple of days in preparation for doing this, how like the, the book itself actually has like a lot of Christian overtones. Yeah. Um, is that, was that something that you were like aware of or looking for going in and like surprised when it wasn't it's, there? Or are you like, oh, um, it's a kid's movie. We don't need to like get preachy with Bible I stuff. I feel like that is not as present in this book. There are other books in this series that I am not as familiar with that I read them all, but like just once a long time ago, I didn't reread them. Like I read this one and it gets into more, like Christian influenced mythology in those. Gotcha. Um, because like Madeline Lego was a Christian and like that, you know, it's like a CS Lewis thing, except it's not because it's not like nothing in a wrinkle in time is like a direct Jesus allegory or anything. I don't think, I think it was more just generally like just sort of like a general generically like Christian message of like, be kind to people. And then also there's the only specific thing I remember from the book is that in, um, and this scene is a short version of the scene is in the movie, but when they're um, talking to the happy medium, the Zach Galifianakis character, mm-hmm. they're talking about how they have to go fight the darkness. And like, there have been people throughout history who were warriors who did this and they're listing, they list like, you know, scientists and politicians and things in the book. Charles Mollis mentions Jesus oh, okay. as one of those, yeah, but yeah, otherwise yeah. it's not, it's not an extremely, it's, I wouldn't describe it as like a Christian book. Right. I mean, might have not even been the worst thing in the world, given uh, some of the problems we have in society today, just to remind people that that's a, it's a core value people should have. You want to do it in the context of Christianity, <laughs> you know, like, I mean, uh, I mean, and there could be things that I'm forgetting that I didn't pick up on, but no, nah, yeah, it was just one thing I thought of that I was like, that seems like a big thing people are bringing up. I didn't know if, uh, if you had thoughts on that. And the other thing I was in, was it in that scene where they did, they made the comment, which I'm sure is probably from the book about how like, um, like w- when you have all those insecurities and those fears, it can, it'll turn to anger, which then turns to violence. And that's part of what the, it brings out in people, you know, like preys on you in those ways. Like I did enjoy thinking about that and I'm like, all right, well now they're kind of like spelling out one of like the themes for me, but I kind of appreciate it at the same time. And it's, I like thinking about that in the context of the rest of this movie. And I think that might've been something from the Zach Galifianakis scene. Um, that, that was like one of the things I like where it's like, all right, well, it's an interesting way in which you're kind of explaining to me what the it was. And I did, we didn't get a whole lot more of that, but that was one thing that I kind of like thinking about. And, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, that, that was, that was one other point I, I, I had forgotten about that I thought was, Oh, that's like a kind of a cool thing that to kind of convey to, to little thing kids. About this movie is that like, there's parts of it that don't work at all for me. And then there are parts of it where you're like, Oh, that's a really cool idea. Or that's a really cool image. You know, like it's, it's, I'm so mixed on it, but like not even mm-hmm. in a really bad way, you know? Yeah, it's I got, like, yeah, it's I'm just, just, it's just like, like there's so many things. Yeah, it's like places. yeah, you know, it's like there's all these things that if hey, if you do different, if you do this differently, it really coheres. But there's like nothing offensively bad at the same time. You know, it's just like right. uh, yeah. it's just not quite there. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, there there are worse fates for a movie. It's just like in theory, like a movie like this, if done right, should be like something that's going to make. Four hundred million dollars instead yeah, of like, instead of losing. Yeah, it's a shame that this million. isn't going to make that much money. But like I said earlier, I think I said at the beginning but, of the thing, like Ava's not going to movie jail, so you know I'm happy. No, that's good. Um, so yay for her, because uh, I like I, Selma was probably one of my five favorite movies of uh, of 2015. So I was yeah, just, it's a great movie. Uh, um, so I, I I I was very excited for it, and I uh, I I and I, I'm still very excited to see like what she gets to do because obviously it's not like. Uh, fortunately, Hollywood's not chewing her up and spitting her out. They're they're letting her do more sh- stuff, and I guess she can. Ne- she, she'll never not be able to go make another Selma. You know, like they that's a movie that looks really great, uh, shot by the great Bradford Young, and looks cool. And I don't think they cost a lot to make. So no, uh, she has she has the ability of like making stuff like that on small budgets, but she should get every opportunity to um, make it work. And maybe she'll she and Patty Jenkins will um, bring DC back to 
back to I don't want to say back to anything because that implies they were somewhere good to begin with, but uh, just help save them, you know. Um, yeah. Uh, any other final thoughts? Um, I don't know. I feel like we. I mean, I talked a lot about. You hey, know, that's like, a good. Hey, that's good. Stuff, but... That's good because I often t- talk way too much on these things. So I was happy to uh, defer to you and have you teach me some stuff. So. No, I think we. I think we hit everything. Just you know, it's. I kind of. I kind of want to see it again. Like, cause without like all the anticipation of like, oh man, I hope this isn't bad, yeah, maybe, <laughs> you know, cause maybe I was sort of watching it like, oh please. Yeah. Maybe you'll pick up on some different stuff and whatever. So. Yeah. I don't know. It's an interesting movie and I'm sorry it's not going to make that much money. And I'm glad that there's an adaptation of this book that isn't completely terrible. You know, that's all I can ask for. Yeah. You know, like, and I, was, I was thinking about that when like you were, when I, when I had talked to you about it before and how I knew like it was something that meant a lot to you. And I don't think there's like a whole lot of books these days where it was like, or any equivalent I could have that I would be like, I would have this relationship with something that could be brought to life at this point. You know, I was a, I was like a huge Harry Potter fan as a kid. So that was cool. But I, right. I, well, I, that was I, the other thing that I was into, but so yeah, was everyone but, else. But yeah. So obviously this is slightly more niche, even though it was a very popular book. And but like at the same, same time when Harry Potter came out, like I wasn't of an age where I really thought that critically about movies. I, I mean, I think by the time like the fifth movie came out or something like that, I might've been like, Oh, Okay maybe this isn't as good but i mean i was like what probably 17 at that time or, or, or a, little, a little older than that maybe or 17 or 18 but at the same time like even daniel radcliffe said after the fact like i was drunk during like two of those filmings um so uh, some of those things are not great but yeah not that hard to no, figure well. that but it's just like these days like i don't read that much you know it's just like i i i, I spend all my free time just watching movies and tv i don't read <laughs> I, I don't read a ton i, I the, the closest thing would have been last year when the american assassin movie came out because i did read a lot of those books in that series and the movie wasn't that good so that was kind of disappointing but like really nothing like this where it was like oh man like kid me was like would have been super pumped right. to, well, if that's this was happening thing. it's not even just that like oh this was a book that i read and liked you know it's like you it when, was something that I read. It, yeah it was something i read at the exact right point in my life for it to be very important you know it's not like i don't still read things that i love but you know there's always going to be a point in your life where you read something and it is the most important thing right. so yeah, this was well, that for me I'm glad it didn't totally ruin your childhood. Um, <laughs> no, childhood intact. Yep. All right. Well, I think uh, I think we've about uh, talked this one to death. So, uh, <laughs> Hannah, uh, as usual, where can people find you and your thoughts on ER and everything else? That's <laughs> yeah, there's, I've been tweeting a lot about ER uh, at H-G-C-O-U-T-U-R-E. Yeah, we're not at the time of year yet where Hannah can complain about limited release movies. So instead, she oh, it's gets coming, to, it's, it, it, she can she can now just share her thoughts on ER, which it took way too long for ER to be streaming. Uh, it's so good. Honest. Yeah, I mean, like I like this watching Hannah tweet about it has made me like want to go like read it. Like <laughs> I great. mean, I, I watch a little bit too much other other reality TV like the the Bachelor and Bachelorette and The Voice and American Idol. So that's like gotten me behind on like my other TV watching. But like once I like get my footing again on that stuff, like I'm definitely going back and watching some ER. It was a big thing with me and my family but yeah as in uh, as usual you can find me on twitter at at josh jernavoy j-o-s-h-j-u-r-n-o-v-o-y anthony is at a clambake a-k-l-a-m-b-a-k-e the podcast twitter is at 52 and 52 pod and the podcast email is 52 and 52 pod at gmail.com so uh thanks for listening and uh next week we'll probably have a podcast coming out on thoroughbreds so uh stay tuned for that and thanks for listening we'll see you next time